0: The Rad Podcast is brought to you by Mofo Male Optimization Formula with organs to boost testosterone, Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece mind-blowing nut butter blend now offered on Amazon, Chili Technology temperature controlled mattress systems for a good night's sleep inside tracker.com offering blood, DNA and fitness tracking data all in one place and Organify whole food, organic superfood supplements and drink blends. And please visit the shopping page at bradkerns.com for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. Here we go with the show.
1: That's what the sleep placebo effect is, that if you are told that whatever sleep you got last night happened to be high quality, you will actually perform better. Think about sleep debt, not about quality. You know, quality, there is no measure for sleep quality. Like if you ask a sleep scientist, what's sleep quality? They'll tell you, I, I have no idea. So let's say you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to bed, you're just wide awake. If your mind's racing, drop that stuff down. If you're still there and you're like, you know, I'm just awake, don't give yourself any our time about it. Get out of bed, go do something else that you like to do. And then when you're ready to fall asleep and you're sleepy again, get back in bed. And if you can't, you don't fall asleep, literally do the same thing again.
0: Oh, I love the kind of breather shows that emanate from keeping the mic on after a formal interview show is over. And that is just what you're going to get with sleep expert Jeff Kahn. We had a wonderful show, so many amazing insights. It ended or near the end, I asked my question about the wimp factor because I'm such a little wussy boy when I don't get my sleep and I feel so bad and I'm cranky about it the next day and I have to take a nap or even a second nap and everything's going to be perfect. And then meanwhile, Mia Moore, she's like a machine. She can go operate just fine on an extremely diminished night of sleep and then just sleep hard the next night. So we sort out some of these uh, insights and notions that we harbor about sleep. Uh, Again, with Jeff uh, pointing to the science and really helping to uh, cut through some of the misinformation or the misunderstandings that are out there. So in regard to the, the wimp factor that I asked him about, he actually mentioned two things. There is such a thing known as the sleep placebo effect. And maybe we can consider this and leverage it a little bit and change our attitude. If we uh, happen to have a night of imperfect sleep or a period of time of imperfect sleep, uh, maybe not worry about it, especially people that have minor insomnia. uh, The actual instruction is to get up out of bed. Uh, The second thing he mentioned was that we indeed have individual differences and sensitivities to uh, missing sleep and how we function the following day. So we have to definitely be uh, vigilant about that. And kind of over time, especially as we're using his Rise app, we can track uh, the level of sleep debt and what correlates to uh, behavior changes during the day. So we know that we're getting in trouble if we're uh, two or three or four hours of sleep debt accumulated from the previous week or two weeks. So you're going to get a lot of cool insights. And of course, in a casual format, off the cuff conversation after that wonderful interview show, which I hope you'll listen to the whole thing in its entirety. And then piggyback this little breather show, Jeff
1: Kahn, here we go with more. Sensitivity to sleep loss. So there's sort of, with sleep debt, what makes it even a bit more complex is that depending on the act- activity you're doing, different people have different sensitivities to sleep debt. So you and I both, Brad, might have six hours, but uh, your athletic performance might be more affected than mine, for example. Even What'd you call that second? Six there's, six
0: the, there's the sleep placebo effect, and what's the second one? So,
1: so th- this one is just, uh, they call it like interindividual mm. uh, differences with sleep debt. Yeah. That yeah. we might have uh, different sensitivities to Sleep debt. So we both might have six hours, but for me, uh, I may uh, be I, my my physiological performance may be much more impacted than yours is at six hours. Oh, this is great. It. So, um, or, or you know, we both might have six hours sleep debt. and My metabolism might only be down eighteen percent, and and yours is down, you know, thirty eight percent.
0: So it's significantly um,
1: different. You know, the methylation of the chemicals,
0: the the hormones and neurotransmitters and all those things are, you know, clearly... off. And in my case, I can attest to it that I'm just, I'm just not right. And then right. Uh, my partner, Mia Moore, she's like a, she's like a robot. She's, I I know she's on the low end of that standard deviation because she wakes up and feels fantastic with, you know, an abbreviated night of sleep and has really no yeah. ill effects. You can't see any, um, any, any decline. Right. In her, she's alert. Her she's awake. And right. She's, positive, yeah. happy, smiling, not anxious, like the 50% of the people uh, exactly. reference in the other study.
1: So. Yeah. So it's, so this uh, is, yeah, um, she's probably lower sleep need. And it wouldn't be, super, yeah. like, it would be totally normal for you to need nine hours every night. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. For and sure. that wouldn't be, if you said, I need nine hours every night, I'd be like, yeah. Like, and there's some people that are six foot one. Like, that's not a <laughs> yeah. six, nine. So, yeah. so the sleep placebo effect is the last one that we'll, I, I can share with you which is yeah we're
0: rolling versus, dude this is a this is a breather oh, show rolling. right here this is too good to <laughs> is, you know,
1: is, is this like a repri- reprise or reprise however you say that word yeah well i have these breather uh, shows bracket. that are
0: um you know shorter and kind of follow-ups to the full-length interviews so this is this is too precious to not record so i am and and <laughs> listeners you might have missed right before i hit record i said um i said jeff i'm really concerned about this wimp effect and i always think about I don't like, do I just need to get out of bed and rally? Or am I really one of these people that, um, you know, the individual sensitivity you just explained. And then, then the placebo effect, I'm, I'm going to fasten my seatbelt here. I don't
1: know if I want to hear the answer <laughs> or not. So, so this is a great one, but there was a study done and they had two groups of people. One of the groups, they said they, they had them get the same amount of sleep each night. I forget if it was six hours or eight hours, but they basically said, regardless of the amount of sleep that they got, One group, they told them they got uh, very high quality sleep and had more REM than usual. The other group, they told them in the morning. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, they told them right when they woke up. Hey, we measured your sleep. Oh, that's so mean. You had way more quality sleep. Yeah, Yeah. you had higher REM than usual. The other group, they told the opposite. And what did they find? So what they were measuring actually was that psychomotor vigilance task. Like it's this reaction time test that you can't learn. And it turns out the group that they told that had quote unquote better sleep quality ended up performing better, even though objectively there was no difference in the amount of sleep they had. And so that's what that's what the sleep placebo effect is, that if you are told that whatever sleep you got last night happened to be high quality, you will actually perform better. So, uh, so that's just kind of crazy that it does affect what you think happened, certainly affects how you objectively perform. And it's worth considering when you wake up, that, um, again, don't delay your judgment, talk think about sleep debt, not about quality, you know, quality, there is no measure for sleep quality. Like if you ask a sleep scientist, mm. what's sleep quality? They'll tell you, I, I have no idea what sleep quality wow. is. Wow. You're, yeah. You're, so Jamie Zeitzer was on
0: a, <laughs> great. you're trashing Jamie a lot Zeicer of expensive
1: who, apps, man. Yeah. Jamie Zeitzer, who's on the, um, he, he's one of the top uh, circadian scientists, sleep scientists uh, in the world. And and just, he's over at Stanford and one of the top uh, scientists there. He was on a podcast recently and he's helped on a bunch of stuff that we've done. And I love this line. I, this, the host asked him about sleep quality. He said, I, I have no idea what sleep quality is. And this is like one of the top people in the field. <laughs> well, that's a problem.
0: <laughs> that's a yeah, problem, right, sir. So sleep,
1: yeah, and the the sort of more nuanced answer is sleep science does have a thing called sleep quality. It's a high level construct. And there are, you know, about eight different measures of sleep quality. So one measure is when someone wakes up, you ask them, how do you feel one to five? Mm. Another measure is something called sleep efficiency, where you measure of the time someone was in bed, what percent of the time were they sleeping? That's Mm. another measure. But, you know, there's so many of these different measures where it's like, it's not like there is a thing called sleep quality. Uh, That is objective in any way. Uh, And so don't worry about that. If you are super, if you're uh, really restless, and let's say you're up in the middle of the night, the reason you feel bad the next day isn't because your sleep quality was bad. It's because you had high sleep debt because you didn't get as much actual physiological sleep. So as long as you are asleep, you're doing what you need to be doing so long as you're not under the influence of, you know, external substances or, you know, you have a sleep disorder or, you know, anything kind of long tail like that. So.
0: And I guess anyway. a fitful night of sleep is uh, going to be driven by uh, emotional uh, disturbances. Otherwise, yeah. when we when we go to bed, we're going to sleep unless we get in our own way, I suppose.
1: Yeah, in some ways. And um, I'm happy to drop a couple things that work really well for that. I mean, it's super common, first of all, um, to to have, you know, disturbed sleep, to not be able to fall asleep easily at night. Um, and it's nothing to worry about. First of all, it's actually normal to, to, to have, you know, these sort of intermittent issues. Um, if it's happening very regularly, you know, like it's three times a week, th- every week, you know, every month, that's something you should bring up with your physician and see if you can spend some time with a behavioral sleep medicine specialist. Um, That's what is known as insomnia, which is again, just sort of this general categorization of I have difficulty sleeping or staying asleep. Um, So there are some really great ways to reverse that, which we won't talk about now, but, uh, but if you are having just sort of like, Oh, my mind's racing or, Oh, I woke up in the middle of the night, like just some, I'd say two very kind of research backed approaches that one is, Can you, um, if your mind is sort of active, just literally detailing or or journaling the things that are in Mm. your brain, just putting them down. Like I literally, I'll take out my phone. I'll, I have it on night mode. I have my orange glasses on, by the way, orange glasses, tons of great science behind them. I wear, I've worn them every night for the last, you know, six years of my life. Uh, I, so orange glasses are great. We can talk about that later too, but literally I'll just jot down the things in my brain and then I'll go back to bed. And if I'm still, you know, I'm awake and it's when I'm normally supposed to be sleeping, I'll actually get out of bed and go do something else. Go watch TV, uh-huh. go listen to a podcast, go hang out, go read. When I'm sleepy, I get back in bed. Uh-huh. And that you want to just rinse and repeat that formula. So let's say you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to bed, you're just wide awake. If your mind's racing, drop that stuff down. If you're still there and you're like, you know, I'm just awake. Don't give yourself any hard time about it. Get out of bed. Go do something else that you like to do. And then when you're ready to fall asleep and you're sleepy again, get back in bed. And if you can't and you don't fall asleep, literally do the same thing again. And that's called stimulus control. Uh, And that is actually the way to reverse insomnia. Uh, It's the best way to do it. But it's, um, you know, anyway, if you have insomnia, you should do it with a behavioral sleep medicine specialist. But if you don't, it's just sort of, you're looking for what to do. That is the sort of best research-backed way to uh, you know make sure that you're falling asleep, staying asleep. And again, with sleep debt, it, uh, one night of getting four hours of sleep, okay, it's fine. You'll be don't you don't need to worry about it. It actually happened to me yesterday. I had two hours of sleep debt, and then I had just like a super fitful night. I was just up. I woke up at three a.m. and I was just wide awake. So I got out of bed. I watched Peaky Blinders. I wasn't tired. And I think I went back to bed at like six a m and I got maybe another hour and a half of sleep or two hours of sleep. I think I got maybe five hours total. And so I ended up building up about three hours of sleep debt. But on top of my two, I only had five. So I still felt great that day. You know, I felt really weird the first ninety minutes, but I went out, I did my run, I had my coffee, started working, and I felt, you know all all things uh, equal. I felt really good. Uh, and then that night, I was able to go back to sleep and I paid that paid it down. and so anyway, it's nothing to freak out about. Even people that have been studying this for years and years and years, it's it's not about perfection. This stuff is a pra- lifelong practice. Uh,
0: what about this concept that if we are in debt and really needing sleep, are we going to get... A deeper, more efficient sleep, and so it counts for more, even though it was still only eight hours than a slightly maybe you had a couple disturbances, you went up to pee a couple times and re- recall uh, being uh, restless for a little bit versus just being out like a rock because you were uh, so deprived.
1: Yeah, so your 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 brain will self-optimize that. and so you'll uh-huh. actually get a higher percentage of REM earlier in the night if you're very sleep deprived and your REM latency will decrease. So the amount of time it takes your brain to get into REM, usually it takes a while because you're doing more deep sleep. But if you're very deprived, you'll see a higher percentage of REM sleep earlier in the night. And again, what we don't really know, what we know is this is happening. What we don't really know is what it all means exactly. And the sleep staging stuff, again, your brain is really self-optimizing that for you. And if you're not getting into the deep sleep, the benefit is your brain is doing things like encoding memory and emotion and, getting your uh, you uh, you ready to be able to have empathy the next day. Like, I mean, like all of these other things that are just fundamental to existing. So it's in, sort of like Maslow's hierarchy sleep. of needs. Yeah. Yeah, even in the lighter sleep, like uh, wonderful things are happening. So it's not yeah. like, oh, I don't want light sleep or it's inefficient sleep. That's not the case. It's just that it's sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that if you cut your sleep really short, your brain's going to go to the things that you absolutely need to stay alive. Uh, and so in that case, arguably, I guess it's more efficient. But as you get more and more sleep, um, as you pay back more and more debt, you're going to start. Your brain will spend more time in things that are sort of actually very important for today's modern living. That you know maybe weren't as important when we were sort of hunting and gathering. Mm,
0: right. Uh, this reminds me of um, Dr. Sarah Mednick's book, "Take a Na- Take a Nap, Change Your Life," and she said yeah, that the nature so of your so. nap is going to be. What you're deficient on, and so you might have a REM nap where right. you're you're dreaming a lot, or you might have a, a, a rock solid deep sleep nap where you wake up and feel groggy. And I people always report, yeah. you know, sometimes I take a nap and I wake up and feel super groggy, and other times I wake yeah. up and feel refreshed and alert and all that. And so yeah. that that's pretty interesting how that that self optimization occurs.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and so that's just something to be aware of and not trying to force it. Right, don't other. worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's just not a thing to focus on. And it's, it's probably
0: what some of those apps are doing is trying to wait, uh, that that more deep sleep means more efficient rather than fitful where you're waking up from dreams where it's it's completely off base from
1: your, your true need. And it's, well, it's one of the areas where I think Matt Walker, in my opinion, um, because of his expertise in sleep and memory. I mean, literally what the guy studies is, Hey, we're going to selectively deprive people of different stages. And we're looking at like mechanistically how memory gets encoded based on your sleep. And if we don't get REM, you know, does this type of memory get encoded or not? So, I mean, like he's super deep on that mechanism, but I think he's getting lost in the details and the forest is that your brain self optimizing. (laughs) So, you know, it's not like the fact that you're not getting deep means that you're getting more of another stage. You're getting more stage two. And obviously if you have a sleep disorder, you know, or you have, you know, a, a suboptimal sleep environment where, you know, you're getting woken up unnecessarily like then yes, like there's things we should do, but it's not inherently an area. In my opinion, that as lay people, we should be focused on trying to do anything about, uh, and, and so, um, you know, actually really great example of a company, I think, doing something great in the space is Apple. They, you know, Apple Watch is the most uh, popular wearable device. It has some of the most advanced sensors. They have some of the best technologists, some of the best R&D engineers. And if you look at their sleep tracking that they launched with Watch OS 7, you'll see that all they have is the amount of time you were sleeping. That's all they report. And how are they really? tracking that? Is it advanced or is it just that the watch was still <laughs> not moving? Or yeah. They, they, they're using motion, which is a technique called actigraphy. And then they use heart rate. And I don't know if wow. they use any other data on that, but it's sensor fusion stuff. But but what they're telling you is, are you, were you awake or were you asleep? And they're not telling you REM and sleep quality mm-hmm. and deep sleep and how long it took you to fall asleep. And, and so the question is like, wait, what, was as like they didn't do it. Like look at all these other apps, you know, like Fitbit's doing it and, you know, sleep cycles telling you how light or deep your sleep was and, you know, whatever, not to, I love both of those brands, but what ends up happening is it's gotten in the way of, uh, it's confusing consumers. It's ultimately not useful information. And, um, and so anyway, I, I applaud Apple for the deep scientific research they did and sticking to their guns from a product standpoint to say, we're not going to include junk in our experience just because it's going to, you know, get people to look at it more often. That's not their business model. They did did uh, deep research to do a
0: shallow reporting of data. Love it. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. So this placebo, I'm wondering how to best leverage that. Like one of the things you said that's really helpful is don't stress about your imperfect night of sleep, in fact, get up and and putz around. And so if you have less anxiety over your, your sleep perfection, that's one. And I suppose if you just keep this calculation working, your sleep debt, which you reported, obviously you're, I guess, looking at the app and you always have a number in mind there, hopefully it's zero. Um, we know we can't get into the plus column. You can't oversleep, which is a really cool insight. Yeah. Uh, but if you're working on minus two or minus five or whatever, you just kind of have this idea in your mind that you're going to grab that at some point. And it's not not huge trouble that you're minus five. Yeah. And
1: you'll feel, I think what's exciting is once you start measuring it in your life, you'll be like, oh, okay, like, here's how I feel at five. Mm. And then you'll get up to 10 some days and be like, oh, wow, this is what I feel like when I'm at 10. Yeah, that's why I'm like more anxious than usual. And I'm a little more depressed and I'm not as optimistic as I used to be. And my confidence isn't where it used to be. And yeah, I'm not performing as well, athletic. Like you'll feel what it's like at 10, 15 and five and three and two. And so you'll start to be like, oh, I'm at five tomorrow. Ah fine. Like I I haven't eaten. My day tomorrow isn't super challenging. I still feel good at five. So, (laughs) you know, for me at five, I can't even, you know, the early afternoon dip when you might feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock, you might feel a little bit sleepy. So at five, I don't even feel that Mm -hmm. if I'm at five hours of sleep yet. And when I'm at six or seven, I really feel it. And if I'm at eight, nine, 10, I'm like struggling to stay awake. I can't focus. I mean, it's like that whole chunk of my day is kind of gone. Um, right and due to five, the um, I actually don't feel it as much
0: due to the individual differences i might be the person that says hey at 2 i feel terrible and i need a nap or i can't function which is just something exactly. to recognize and kind of relate to exactly. those numbers oh i'm i'm exactly. all over the rise app, man this is this is great thanks for <laughs> thanks for sticking around for a breather show we got we have another yeah, rap yeah. jeff con yeah. great stuff man <laughs> all right appreciate it